we're back. I'm Will. I'm Trish. I'm Blake. And we're two guys, a girl in that movie place. And it's been a long minute since our last recording, but, you know, pandemic, quarantine, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And when you got four kids to worry about, quarantine takes on a whole new meaning. <laughs> yes, it does. 14 days become months. Yes. Yes, it did. But we're back. Everybody's healthy for the most part, you know, aside from the normal exhaustion exhaustion that comes with running a family and whatnot. But we're back with uh, the Caveman's Valentine. It's a uh, little jewel was Trisha's pick. So uh, why don't we get into the numbers? Best movie ever. Trish thinks it was the best movie ever. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree. Like, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's the best movie ever, but it, it was good. It was pretty damn good. It was released January 19th of 2001. It's got an IMDb score of 5.8 out of 10. Certified fresh with a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. But a Metacritic score of 44%. It was directed by Casey Lemons. Hey, Trish. Mm -hmm. You know what other movie we've watched recently that Casey Lemons was in? What? She was Bernadette in the original Candyman. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Really? Yep. Oh, that is awesome. Because that's a little bit of a psychological thriller, too. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I wonder if that had anything to do with her inspiration for this. I don't know. But the way she did it. She did a really good job directing it. I will say that much. It was written by George Dallas Green. And it stars Samuel L. Jackson. And do I really need to give this man's credits? Uh, yes. I mean, he's Sam motherfucking Jackson. Yes. Best ever. I mean, Nick Fury. Yes. Uh, Deep Blue Sea. Mm -hmm. Django. Django. He's just very motherfuckerly. He is the motherfuckerist yes. of the motherfuckery. Pulp fiction. Pulp fiction. <laughs> you forget the main one. Main one. Hateful Eight. Still haven't seen it. You still oh haven't God. seen okay, Hateful we, Eight. We need to just do uh, Sam Jackson. No, we need to do just one episode of all the movies Blake hasn't seen or has never heard of. All of the great, amazing movies he has never even heard of. That's going to be more than one episode. That's going to be like... <laughs> um, it's a mini-series. Just like list, list them off. This is going to be like a year-long endeavor if we do <laughs> an episode for, for a movie that Blake's never heard of. I know what Casablanca is. Like all the movies I was listing up earlier, most of them were Don Bluth movies. Those. Which are like childhood treasures. Mm -hmm. And he's like, huh? I still don't know. Exactly. He's one of the... Oh, my God. Okay. I'd say the you next were movie sheltered. I'm picking, yeah, the next movie I'm picking is a Don Bluff film. Okay. Did you say My Little Toaster? The Brave Little Toaster. You yeah. just mixed up My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> my Little Toaster. It's me. <laughs> but it also stars uh, Comb Force. 
That's a great name. Yeah. Calm Force. Calm Force. Uh, he was in the Chronicles of Riddick. He was in one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations, Storm of the Century. And he's also in the Umbrella Academy. Uh, Ajun Ellis. She was in Men of Honor, Undercover Brother. She's in Lovecraft Country, which if you haven't seen that, then you need to. She was in Ray and the Help. I love those movies. Yeah. What's that? Shut up, you're grounded. Mm. Are you serious about what's the help or what's mm. Ray? I know who Ray is. Never seen the movie. And what is the help? Oh, you Blake. <sighs> and Magnuson, who was in Small Soldiers, Clear and Present Danger. <laughs> I know Small Soldiers. What's that movie about the mom and the little girl? There's people in the house. They're in a room. Safe room? No, no. The other one. Um, Panic Room? Maybe? Yeah. No, it, it, it was a joke. You guys didn't fall for it. Yeah, no. I was literally trying to think of what you were talking about. I was <laughs> like, that's very kind of vague. But she was in Panic Room and Tequila Sunrise with Mel Gibson and um, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, Robert. And then Jay Rodan. He was in a Game of Thieves and The Lost Battlefield, or The Last Battlefield. And that's all I could find on that dude. Like, he really hasn't done much work. Hmm. All right, time to play our favorite game, Trish and Blake. Yeah. What do you think the budget was of this movie? $75 million. That's wrong. I would say, realistically, 4.7 mil. 4.4 or 4.7 mil? Yeah. Blake? I'm going to say like a 2.6. 2.6. Uh, prices rate rules. Blake was winner this time with prices. <laughs> really? Yeah, three point five million. How much do you think it made? Wait a minute. Three point five is almost four. Yeah, but you went over. And so I was closer by like point one. He was closer by and not going over. If you had, if you prices right, the closest without going over. Oh, I hate that show anyway. <laughs> How much do you think it made? Winners first. Um, I'm gonna say a smooth 1.7 million. Yes. Okay. Nine hundred and fifty thousand because it was kind of a flop. You both went been. over. Yeah. It only made. Six hundred eighty-seven thousand one hundred ninety-four dollars. Yeah, it should have made way more. If it would have come out at a different time, it would have made more money. But it did have some award nominations. It did. It had the black. Did you say dominations or nominations? Nominations. Oh, I got <laughs> Oops. Uh, we got the Black Reels, or the Black Reel Award, 2002 Best Poster, Theatrical, and Best Best Actor for Sam Jackson. 
an independent spirit award for best supporting actress and Tamara Toon. I can't read my own freaking writing, Jesus Christ. But with those good movie award nominations, it got a bad movie award nomination. Yeah. It got a stinker bad movie award. Nomination 2001. It was nominated Worst On-Screen Hairstyle for Sam Jackson. It was not, though. It was beautiful. I, I liked his dreads in this movie. His dreads were gorgeous. They hung down below his butt, and it shows his butt in that movie, and it is a glorious butt. <laughs> but we're going to do something a little different this time. You're different. Well, from this time going forward, because last episode I felt like I just kind of droned on and on and on. Instead of going point by point by point on this movie, we're just going to hit some highlights and give you our thoughts on the movie because this movie's got a lot to unpack. It really does. It's twisty and turny. It's, it deals with mental illness and untreated mental illness at that. Yeah. Sam Jackson plays a former Juilliard student. I yep. don't think it was established if he graduated or not. We're leaning towards he that not. he did he... not because he's... Untreated schizophrenic, correct, Trish? Yes, untreated schizophrenia. It showed that he was in, um, I know kind of how it goes with Juilliard is like, what you see in the movies anyway is like you have like this big recital that you have to do, or like this big performance that you have to do uh, senior year. And he, it keeps showing flashbacks of him during that time. And it's when the schizophrenia is starting to get really bad. And he completely clams up and chokes and leaves. Instead of finishing, you know, and finishing up his degree, he left. But in all seriousness, his character Romulus, I love that which, name. great name, is a virtuoso on the piano. He is. He's a, um, what is it called? A musical rep. Savant? Mm-mm. No. Player. A Obviously. musical player. Obviously, no. It is, um... Oh... He's a prodigy. Mm. Prodigy, yes. But, I had to think about Smack My Bitch Up first. I can remember it. <laughs> the logic of this podcast. Can't think of a name? Think of a song. Yes. But he's a prodigy on the piano, but... He's living on the streets. He's living in a cave. That's why they call yep. him the caveman. In Central Park? I believe it's one so. one of New York's big parks. Yeah. New York has a park. <laughs> but um, he, he's living in a cave, and people make fun of him. He meets Anthony Michael Hall on the street and asks to borrow a pen. Yeah, and he asks him, if he's like, what are you doing, writing down music? He's like, mm-hmm. He's like, what do you play? And he just looks at me and says, my, my skull. <laughs> <laughs> but everything that's gone wrong in his life is thanks to an entity that is schizophrenia has made up named Stuyvesant. Stuyvesant. Stuyvesant is an entity, entity that is used as a metaphor, basically, for um, the elite. It's the... Uh, media it's the government it's um anything that has influence over the general population it's the that that is stiverson that is the bad guy 
in his world. He sees a kid riding on the side of the um, riding on the side of a building. Help me, graffiti. Yeah, <laughs> graffiti tag. He thinks it's for him. Yeah. He says, motherfucker, I don't know you. (laughs) And he's talking to the wall. (laughs) But the caveman's valentine that it's referencing is a dead body he finds in a tree outside of his cave. Which is that kid we find out later on. Which is the kid, well, yes and no. Not true. It's, the kid's name is Scotty, and Scotty is dead in a tree with, I believe, his heart missing. Mm Mm-hmm. Hence, Caves, Caveman's Valentine. The cops show up. We find out that one of the police officers is his daughter. Mm-hmm. I believe her name is Lulu. Something. Yeah, I, I'm, I believe he calls her Lulu. But Greatest says yes. <laughs> but, yeah, um, this leads into a whole whodunit. Who killed this kid? Why did they leave it at his door? Romulus turned um, Sherlock. Yeah, Romulus turns into Sherlock Holmes. Um, Gets in touch with one of his old friends from before the schizophrenia was bad. To get invited to play a piece of music at this photographer's house. Who used Scotty as a model for a lot of his work. Mm Mm-hmm. And the whole while he's sitting there thinking and talking to his friend and everything, he keeps seeing visions of his ex-wife. And every time he sees visions of his ex-wife, it's... When he's getting himself into some shit. Yeah, when he's getting into trouble. She's his voice of reason. She has his voice of reason. But he goes to the farm anyways and meets a kid named Joey, who we find out was... Uh, uh, uh. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Leave a little bit of imagination. I was just going to say Joey was a stand-in for Scotty. Joey was a stand-in. On some... Um, I thought you were going to go to the other. No. On some um, photo shoots that uh, Scotty wasn't comfortable doing, like Scotty had a fear of heights. Yeah. Like panic attack, fear of heights. I understand that. I know. I may not know what movies are, but I know what height is. <laughs> All right, Forrest. Yes. But yeah, he begins uh, questioning this kid, and he believes that the ph- the photographer is the killer for most of the movie. We find out that it's not, but we're going to leave that up to the uh, audience. audience to find out. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, you can find the movie streaming on Tubi right now. Yep. And um, I may or may not have found a a video of it, the entire movie, on YouTube. Allegedly. And I did. Not saying I didn't. I'm just saying a quick search on the YouTube bar might pull up some results. Right. Um, (coughs) And, like... I love the whole aspect with his schizophrenia. Yeah, they did a really good job with just the entire production design of this movie. Yeah, because they never once... I don't think they ever said he was schizophrenic. No. But... (coughs) Bless Bless you. you. Sorry. (laughs) My bad. But the way they portrayed it, like... I mean, in the movie description, 
they say that he's schizophrenic. Yeah. But nobody calls him schizophrenic or anything like that. He, they just call him not well. Um, but like, you know, how his ex-wife is the voice of reason. Right. Um, the other main, um, and Stiverson is always the villain. The other main, uh, oh, what's the word? Um, visual that we have. Yeah. Is um, the moth seraphim that live in his brain, that live in his head, and they protect him. So when he's getting himself into some shit, you know, his ex-wife is there to kind of lead him back. And then when he hits on some truth and starts figuring things out and all of that, and he goes on a rant, his these moth seraphim, they go ab it shows them like going absolutely nuts and flying around and they literally become like this protective blanket for him they protect him from everything and they're also his driving force i just think the word seraphim is kind of funny it's like seraquil no <laughs> it's a class of angel i mean that's a class of narcotics or something so <laughs> so classes it's related <laughs> it's not. But no, like, and the color green plays a big part in this movie. Yeah, um, that is Stiverson's influence. Stiverson's influence is portrayed as the color green. You never see like a person or anything like that. Stiverson doesn't have a face. He has a color. And it is like a ray of light or a collar of drink. Yeah, and it's like um that like the toxic Avenger green is what yeah. I would say. <laughs> Sorry about the dog. Yep, new puppy. It's okay, Gibbons. Things okay. But um yeah, like one of the funny parts with his the vision of his ex wife comes when he sleeps with who he suspects is the killer's sister. Yeah, and then he starts thinking she's the killer because she had sex with him. <laughs> yeah, but one thing I really liked about this movie is you don't the the mystery's wrapped up, but you don't get a happy ending. Mm-mm. Like. Yeah. It it's kind of leads you to believe that once this is the way that the mystery is resolved, that he's going to get help and he's going to be back with his family. But the way the movie ends, that's not the case at all. His cave gets vandalized and instead of Going with his daughter to get help and get back into society, he decides to stay in his cave. And, I mean, the reason why, though, like, we're not going to get into it, we're not going to give that away, but the reason why kind of really helps you understand his character a little better. So you do get that satisfaction. It's bittersweet. Yeah. You get to understand him better. Um, but it's not, it's a happy ending for him. But it's not in the way we would expect. And I do kind of respect that. Yeah. Everything's not rainbows and sunshine. But it is all about perspective. And not everybody's, yeah, and not everybody's happy ending is going to be the same. Science. 
Hmm. Blake's call to action. Hmm. Science. But not like the way that this movie handles mental illness, especially being made in the late nineties, early two thousands, was really, really I feel like the person that wrote it really has a good understanding of a good understanding illness. and even personal experience. Yeah. With mental illness. I mean, probably even schizophrenia. Like Romulus is never the butt of the joke. Right. And he's respected, especially in the homeless community. Yeah. Like this could if this movie was made today with the same cast. I guarantee you it would be Oscar Blood. nominated. Yeah. Nominated. 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 <laughs> nominated, at least. Because it has such a good grasp. grasp. Yeah. I swear I can Words speak. Words are possible. It's got a good, such a good grasp on the mental illness aspect. Yeah. And sadly, that's something that everybody on this podcast has experience with is mental illness. So it kind of hit home there for us also. Right. Check. I mean, like, yes, not social. <laughs> social security check. Yeah, okay. For, like, mental health and stuff. That's yeah. not what I meant, though. I just meant yes. <laughs> ADD, baby. Sorry. Yeah. Um... I, if I was making this, I don't know how I could have made it better. Ooh. Um, um, I wanted to know more about Caveman. I wanted to know more about his history. Like, they could have just made a movie purely about his character and his, like, a biography, pretty much, about him. And I would have watched it. A million times because his character is just so interesting and so intriguing that like I could have watched a movie literally just about his life I wanted to know his early years what happened you know because they don't really go into a lot you get flashbacks and you get you know little bits and pieces but you know the movie like it's a thriller and it's a mystery and all of that but for me like it was a very romantic movie not romance as in, like, love. It was his love and passion for music. When he plays, it hurts. And they say that in the movie. She asks, why does it hurt when you play? It literally causes him pain to play. And he plays so beautifully. Um, I want to know why. I want to know the, the fuel behind that. I think that's what I would have done to make it better. I agree. It definitely needed more backstory on all the other participants of the movie. No, just him. Fuck everyone else. Well, that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to seen more of his family life before he became homeless. Yeah. Like, it's obvious he still loves his ex-wife or else she wouldn't be the voice in his head. Yeah. Trying to keep him out of trouble. It's obvious throughout the movie that he loves his daughter. Mm. he cares very deeply for his daughter yeah but they have him so um alienated right 
I want to see how he got to that point of alienation. Yeah, I don't feel like it was him. No. I feel like it was they didn't know how to handle it, so out of sight, out of mind. And so that's why those two characters are not my favorite characters in that movie. They're actually my least favorite characters. Right. I like the killer more than I like his wife and daughter. <laughs> his actual wife, not the wife in his head. Yeah, I mean, I love his his head wife. <laughs> <laughs> his wife's head. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'd give this movie a solid 7 out of 10. I give this movie a 10 out of 10. I'm going to follow the footsteps of Will here and say 7 out of 10. You both suck. I win. No, 7 and seven's 14, honey. We win. So you give it a 14 out of 10? No. <laughs> no, you get a 14 out of 20 in that aspect. <laughs> Those are improper fractions, Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> we don't play improper fractions. We convert that shit to a decimal and we multiply. How do you convert an improper fraction to a decimal? Don't you have to convert it to guys a mixed thingy? And then I'm mathing. That's not good. <laughs> Ray is over here like, no, stop. Don't make her math. <laughs> it's like the movie and, um, oh, what is it? AI. David, you would break. <laughs> oh, we got to watch that one. What AI? Yes, I love that movie. And Bicentennial Man. Ex Machina. I always get those You've seen confused. Bicentennial Man? No. Oh, that's another Robin's, Robin Williams movie that'll make you cry. I, I was, I don't, who's Robin Williams? I'm, I'm gonna just, punch I'm you funny. in the face. I love you. Stop I always it. get um, Bicentennial Man and AI confused. I know one's got the little kid from the Sixth Sense, and one's got Robin Williams. It's just I get. I think that like, uh, if those movie could, movies could cross <laughs> over, then <coughs> Bicentennial Man, would you not die right now, please? <laughs> <laughs> Bicentennial Man would have made a great father to David. <laughs> <laughs> yes and we'll throw our robot in there just for shits and giggles that's Ooh. a good movie too i robot i'm just kidding yeah, yeah. uh-huh <laughs> <coughs> listen i remember will smith's rap record <laughs> but if we're gonna watch our robot we might as well watch the superior version and watch blade runner we're not <laughs> doing that. We're going to watch AI and then Bicentennial Man. What's Blade Runner, though? Yeah. No? Yeah. Is it bad? Is it a good movie? It's a great movie. Like, how great? Like, great, great. Obviously it's not pretty. so great. I haven't heard of it. <laughs> Obviously, like, one of the best sci-fi movies ever made. Great. Okay, so this month, I think we should just do sci-fi movies. <clears throat> no. no! We're doing Rocktober. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't care. I've already decided. My fine, Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's okay. fine, Rocket Man. I'm you fine. just said that's fine to Rocky Horror Picture Show? I just fucking with you. I don't like that shit. You've never seen it. I don't want to see it. I thought you said your next movie was going to be Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. That's what it was. See, I knew I had a fucking movie. I just couldn't remember what. And then I was going to do Rockstar, and Trish has to pick a music-related movie. Music-related or musical? Music-related. Because musicals, I got you. Music-related. We got 
Sweeney Todd. We cats. got Mama Mia. We have uh, Evita. Cats. We have I'm not watching cats. We have cats. Rent. We have <laughs> West Side Story. Cats. We we're not watching cats. I love cats. the animal, but we're not. Wa then you pick it. Okay, cats. We're watching cats. South Park bigger, longer, and uncut if we're doing and musicals. And then I'm yes. not watching that. Then you guys can do this podcast on your own. <laughs> oh my God. Eddie. Do not put me in situations where I'm just going to be angry for an hour and a half. That's a three-hour movie. Fuck me. Why would you be angry at South Park? Because it's fucking stupid. I grew out of that shit a long time ago. <coughs> I am 35 years old. Hey, Trish, what's your favorite puppet movie? Puppet movie? Yeah. Marionettes, to be exact. Uh, Dead Silence. Marionettes, oh. Trish. Team America, fuck yeah. <laughs> but it's not South Park. It is not the same. It's the same people that make it. It doesn't matter. It's, it's not South Park. It is not South Park. It's the same. It is not South Park. Sense of humor. There is a difference. Oh my God, you're right. Because everybody's got AIDS. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny. It's not funny. Um, Here you go. An inhaler for your asthma attack so bad. We're going to fight. This is, how, this is how tonight's going to go down. I mean, yeah. After we'll this let you know how, next week who wins. <laughs> I take shower and then we choose violence. Okay. <clears throat> and that concludes this episode. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. I feel like we should have a domestic violence slogan thing come across the bottom of our screen. <laughs> really for the whole free number of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Don't forget to check us, check out Creative Juju. Got everything you need for home decor, smell goods, bath and body works, personal Nope, don't hygiene. say that. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck Bath and Body Works. Personal hygiene, smell yes. goods. Bath and Beauty. Bath and Beauty. There you yeah. go. And beyond. Don't say that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check us out at, at, on Etsy at Shop Creative Juju. And on Facebook, too. On Facebook, too. We do custom orders all the time. If you need art, send I her, got you. Send her a message. She's a great, she is a schooled artist. I am educated and everything. But till next week, and we figure out what we're going to do because Blake seems to have ADHD, ADD, all of the above, ESPN. I don't know what HDs are, but our doctor said I got 80 of them. <laughs> I'm Will. I'm Trish. And I'm Blake. And this has been Two Guys, a Girl in That Movie Place.